what's up guys? Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. I hope everyone's having a great Memorial Day. Um, I didn't do much. I went to Sonic and I got chili cheese tots. Uh, everyone is busy doing stuff, so I couldn't find anyone to record an intro, which is why you're blessed with this fine solo baritone or whatever. Uh, wherever my voice falls on the scale, I'm not good with that stuff. Um... I hope you all checked out the bonus episode this week on patreon.com backslash church and other drugs. Me and Tyler celebrated Heath's birthday by me convincing Heath to give me $40 for his birthday. Uh, and we talk about the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, spoiler alert, I hated it. I didn't hate it. I mm, use a feeling word, Jed. It made me feel uh, angry. I hated it. Yeah. That's the best I can say. Um, today, though, I don't want to waste too much time. We have Craig Gross from, you may know him from Triple X Church, uh, but more recently, uh, he started Christian Cannabis. And if ever there was something the church and other drugs needed to talk about or interview, uh, this is it. So I've heard Craig on some other podcasts and not really going too in-depth on it, but I wanted to really give him the church and other drugs angle and uh, just kind of ask him some things from the perspective of being an addict, um, what he thought. And it turns out he had some questions for me, and it's a really cool conversation. So sit back, uh, you know, listen, <laughs> and send me an email at churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, and uh, let me know what you think. Microphone with Ross MG. All the people in the dance will agree that we're well qualified to represent the LBC. Me, me and Louie, we gonna run to the party and dance to the rhythm. It gets harder. Me and my girl, we got this relationship. I love her so bad. Yeah, so you're in uh, California? Yeah. What part? Huntington Beach. Uh, Huntington Beach. I went to rehab out in Huntington. Oh, you did? I did. Right on. It, it was cool. It was one of those, um, I went to lots of rehabs, but that one, it was one of those like, oh, you know, go to the beach for the day and then come back and kind of do group if you want to, and it didn't really work. Yeah. It was fun. You know, I loved it. It was. It's a beautiful place out there, but it didn't really hold. Um, yeah. How long have you been out there? I've been, uh, so born and raised in California lived oh, okay. in Michigan and, and Vegas for about four years, but always been, been in LA and then now in Huntington. So just for the last year in Huntington. Oh, cool. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So I had, so originally, um, a bunch of my listeners, uh, sent me the, I can't remember what article, or I guess it was your blog post about the Christian cannabis thing. They're like, you gotta talk to Craig. Um, okay. <laughs> I'd been following you since triple X church. We talk about porn addiction on here all the time as well. Um, and so yeah, I thought it was super interesting. Um, 
I don't even know what what's a good springboard to start, but um, how do I guess where where do you usually start with that? How did that come come around? You're talking Triple X Church or no? Talking uh, well, cannabis. Christian cannabis, excuse me. Man, 2013. Um, that puts me at what 37, 38. Never touched drugs. Never been around it. Never seen a joint. Never like literally just. Christian upbringing, drunk on my 21st birthday. One other time on a Tuesday night in Michigan, my wife and I got drunk playing, you know, some dumb paper, rock, scissors game, drinking like <laughs> alcohol that we would cook with normally. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know, like seriously nothing to do. And we're like, let's drink tonight. And uh, ended up like with her throwing up. But it was like, um, that's that's been my only, you know, smoked 10 cigarettes maybe my whole life. So, it just, I think my, um, you know, I'm growing up in a day and age where it's like, oh, drugs, where they're all in one camp, they're all wrong, they're all bad. Um, and I think for me, I'm, I'm all, I think from spirituality to obviously dealing with porn addiction, man, we've tried the same thing a lot of years. And it's like, hey, maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's, you know, something, something else here. So I've always been open to, I'm not saying other you know, gods or, or beliefs in that ways, but in other just new experiences and, and things that um, I had previously just had no exposure to. So 2013 is one of the hardest years for me in my life. Um, series of health problems, had lost my dad, um, didn't know how to grieve, didn't know how to deal with um, what happens when you're physically ill that you can't work when I've worked my whole life. And, you know, the achiever in me the three on the enneagram all that it's just like do more 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 um and it was a series of events where i, I ended up watching the cnn weeds documentary you know the With sanjay the, gupta two, yeah. two part yeah and on a sunday morning i have a friend he's a rock star guy that's been around drugs more than me um lived in you know laguna beach where it was like ah, it was just you know, pretty normal people growing it in your backyard. And, mm -hmm. and so he's over and we're like, dude, have you watched this? And he's like, no. And I was like, his kids were young. My kids were young. And literally um, Sunday morning, we we're going to go to church. And uh, instead we finished like crying, watching part two of this special. And my wife says, why don't you guys go see a doctor um, and get your medical marijuana cards and I'll watch the kids. And what about it made they, you cry? Like it I like, think it, it was like, I think there were some tears in parts when you talked about kids getting help and the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Charlotte's web strain and mm -hmm. you saw some of the things in Israel, you know, mm -hmm. I, my mom, my grandma had been in a, in a convalescent home and so much pain at the end of her life. And so when you start realizing like, gosh, some of these other countries are, this isn't what we maybe thought it once was. And I think the fact that it's on CNN, I wasn't watching this, you know, on Reddit or vice at the time. Right. It was like, this is a doctor and this is like, this is no. And, and, and so what happened was, what do we go on Yelp and we find, you know, medical marijuana card and ends up to a doctor that felt like, I was in a, I mean, it was, it was a shady part of town. Yeah. It was an office clinic. And then I, a Windows PC that I sat against a screen facing a doctor that looked like he was rolling out of his bed. I don't yeah. know what kind of credentials he had. And 
<laughs> so if you can imagine going from like weeds documentary and something very like, oh, this is like, this is a thing. And now in LA, we're like, all right, we my weed, my first medical marijuana card. I had my picture on it and my one of my best friend's name was on it. Like they didn't even get, so when we actually went to the dispensary, it didn't match our license. And we're like, these guys didn't even, like, uh, yeah, I, you know, like I got a fake ID. I made a fake ID with my friend in Vegas once, like in college. And those look better than these like legit. Yeah. Um, and that, that was for my first experience, which wasn't helpful. Um, I would say I, I pressed I found some very great things years later, but early on, I mean, I'm the type of guy, as you've seen with triple X church, if I come on into something or made aware of something or discover something, I want to share it. And so I, mm -hmm. I wrote a five part uh, blog series about my first week with pot. And I sent it to some board members and some friends and everyone's like, Craig, like you <laughs> will get destroyed. Um, and, you know, I've been early on things like Triple X Church. I think I'm early for Christian cannabis for the church, but I'm, you know, like I'm mm -hmm. way late. Like, yeah, like 2013 is when had I, you know, granted, I couldn't have done both these projects at the same, you know, that would have killed Triple X Church at the time. Oh, yeah. And then I don't think, you know, the timing was right and I didn't have enough understanding under my belt. So I just sat with it. And so for me to sit with something for six years, that's that's like that felt felt like an eternity and this year on 420 i was like oh it's time and um yeah i mean i, I was it it's been a long time coming and i've learned a lot with um i still don't know what you know guys like you know about probably mm -hmm. you know all this stuff i i say i know a little bit more just like with born like a little bit more about this issue than maybe the average person or pastor or christian and so can then rally some people behind something and build a, a team and some voices and put some stuff out there to the world instead of like, I'm going to, you know, really nail this and write some thesis about this and then come like, I don't know, just let's start a new conversation. Um, let's not yeah. be scared. Which I'm definitely about the new conversation. And that's why I was so I was like, I was wondering, because uh, it's it is such a weird thing. So like. Even though I'm a, you know, I'm a recovered drug addict, all that, and a drug counselor, like, I'm very, my stance as far as stuff like that is, like, I'm pro the Portugal model, like, I think everything should be decriminalized, I'm very against drugs being illegal for the reason of incarceration and all, and all that stuff, um, and weed, even in recovery circles and substance abuse treatment circles this is this is the emerging issue right because it's only a matter of time before it's it's legal across the board um, yeah and then on the same on the other side of the coin you know alcohol is legal and is the most destructive drug there is you know it yeah. put, puts the opiate crisis to shame as far as deaths and cost to the government and all that um when you so when you say i, I do like that you're I guess I am, yeah, seeing as how I made a podcast, I am similar in that if I'm, if I get into something, I want to share it. Was there any worry of put, sort of putting your stamp of approval on something that, um, 
people struggle with, I guess. That's probably poorly worded, but it sounds like you have gotten some pushback from, you said, a recovery church. Was that like a celebrate recovery place or? Uh, just a church who says we, fo- you know, I mean, not saying what church shouldn't say they're a recovery church, but like the, the pastor has walked through, you know, a lot of heavy drug use with his son at an early age, a lot of, and, and I think in that, um, they're in Ohio, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if, if it's meth, heroin, or just that, that church has a lot of people that have really struggled with, with, you know, drug and alcohol abuse. And so, yeah, recovery is a big, a big deal. And mm-hmm. so here's, uh, you know, they're, they're the first church. I mean, he's retracted his statement since, um, and I think that's that's the thing. Churches, um, you know, Vice Magazine called and they wanted a quote. And so you won't give – we'll refuse media or refuse to actually respond to an interview. But then we'll say things on stage before it's time or before we even have talked to maybe all those recovery former addicts in your church mm-hmm. about this. Or um, – Hey, could there be, you know, I mean, I literally got a text from a, a friend at, at that church saying, yeah, while you were in seminary or while you were in church doing your church stuff, I was doing drugs and living this awful life. And so trust me, Craig, you don't know what you're talking about. And that, and that's just yeah. like end of story, just kind of like, and I was like, hey, I, I can appreciate your story, but like you can't even for a second understand my story that's like never been involved with abuse and me taking a mint that says relaxamint at five milligrams compared to you passing a joint at, you know, five years old, you know, that's a, a whole different story. Totally. Totally. And that's where people just go, no, but it's, it's wrong. And I swore it off. And, and then I became a Christian. And so there's a lot of, or, I mean, could you imagine I, I I've talked to my friend propaganda. He's like, you know, a, a bunch of people that are in, in jail and incarcerated about that. I get how can, you know, he joked, he goes, yeah, sure. And it's gotta be a white guy to do what you're doing. Totally. And I was like, cause yeah, he's let, like, look, let I Creflo can't. dollar come out and be like, y'all should smoke some weed. Like that would not fly. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, it is weird to, to I mean, I, I toured one of the largest plants in California a couple weeks ago. And to be honest, it didn't seem far removed from like what I would see in a movie as like an illegal drug operation, if that makes sense. Totally. Like it's just they have security outside now, and but the inside thing. And I was like, this company is, you know, I think worth in the tune of you know two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And yours, you know, there were office chairs, just seventeen of them, just like. They hadn't even had time to set them up, and they're just in the lobby. There's guys sitting on barrels and just working. And it was just like, this thing is gone. There's weed, you know, floor to ceiling. And I'm here going, dude, a few years ago, like, this was on top story of the news as a drug bust. Sure. And now it's It still is in some places. Everywhere know, outside of California. Like, so to see that, I guess I'm I'm not going to pretend to not be aware of all those things to go – Um. Like I even had a conversation with a friend the other day, and he's still buying drugs from a drug dealer um, here in Huntington Beach. And I was like, dude, you can go to MedMen, <laughs> which is like the Apple of store, you know. Yep. And like, why do that anymore? Like, I I, I would – and so that's never been my experience. I've never bought drugs illegally um, from – like, I've never bought a weed from a dealer that 
says, oh, well, here's what this is. Like MedMen, it's got a package. It tells me what I got. You know, it tells me what it's going to do. And so, I, you know, for me, it was like, let's just, if this is where things are headed, um, yeah, I want to be on the right side of this story. Because for me, it's changed everything. Like my life's dramatically changed after being, uh, after using cannabis. And if that's even just slowing me down, not even talking about some of the spiritual and other, you know, physical benefits that I've received, but from just the slowing down um, is enough for me to go, all right, I'm more present. I'm more connected to, to my heart. And I, people that have seen it, they've seen that shift. So, okay, I get it. This has a bad history and a bad rap, but I think we're moving away from that in these next three to five years. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I yes, I agree. It Well, it'll really take, you know, our parents' generation to kind of, I don't know, either get, even, yeah, people's opinions are definitely softening, especially with, like, CBD and stuff. Even I can count so many of my friends' parents that are now like, oh, my gosh, I'm taking, have you heard of this CBD? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is funny. But, it, so. So what's your take on pot? I mean, just being a recovery, like, do you use <sighs> weed at all? No, no. So I'm, so in, um, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and in uh, Disease Addiction, uh, science, you've kind of got like different classifications. You have like moderate users, heavy users, and you have like your true blue addict. I mean, I, I was someone okay. that, uh, set my hand on fire to get pain pills at the emergency room. Like I'm just a true, oh, wow. yeah, true blue drug addict. I've, I've tried just drinking. I've tried just smoking pot. Um, and it always leads me back. So it's like, it's interesting that when you say it, it, opens up your spirituality and brings you closer when i do any mood or mind altering thing it separates me from god that that becomes my god essentially it becomes anything that makes me feel better i will re um organize my life to feeling that way 24 7 like once i feel something different than real life i no longer can tolerate real life it just it's just not it's like going from a Lamborghini to a Volkswagen Beetle. It just doesn't satisfy yeah. anymore. Um, and is it all sorts of, like, you've tried everything pretty much? Yeah, I started off um, smoking cigarettes, then I moved to... So it's 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 funny, My and I don't, I'm not alone in this, and it is it does kind of tie into the legality issue. Like, I started off smoking cigarettes, got caught. I started smoking weed, and I got caught, and my parents started drug testing me. And so that was kind of the heyday of the or like the early days of the internet when you had all the good uh drug forum sites so i would just figure out well what, what can you do that won't show up on a drug test and i started doing um cough medicine and hallucinogens lsd mushrooms and um i had a weird mindset of since i was a christian i was like well i know this is this party's eventually gonna end i'm kind of just doing my prodigal son thing right now i'm just sinning but i know eventually i'm gonna have to stop Um, and it was, I was lying to myself. I didn't really realize at the time. And, um, by the time I had to go to my first inpatient treatment center, uh, I had never done heroin. And I was like, when I was 17 and I was like, well, (laughs) logically I was like, well, I want to try heroin before I give it all up for good. (laughs) That was my thinking. Um, and so I did. And that's when, you know, 
that started the next 15 years of, of IV use, meth and heroin and crack and cocaine and everything. And just going to treatment centers and trying to get sober. And it was addiction kind of snuck up on me in that way. Um, and then by the time I realized I was legitimately an addict, it was too late. And then I struggled with the whole, why can't God just deliver me from this? And I met a few people along the way that I even, there's one person I met who was a heroin addict. He was a Christian and he quit and, uh, he still drank or he still like smoked every now and then. And so I was like, well, why can't I do that? You know, there's freedom in Christ. Why can't I just, you know, toke a little bit or whatever. Um, and for me, that just doesn't work. Um, and yeah. I believe there is a type of addict where you just cannot use anything safely. Um, the problem with addicts is that we, and I'm speaking generally, but we as a whole are like shortcut seekers. And yeah. so if you have someone kind of rubber stamp something, it's like, oh, well, Maybe that is like me. Maybe I can do it. And you're, you're really reaching for every reason to do it or every rationalization to do it. Um, and I'm not saying you in that instance in particular, but, you know, I went through the gambit of like there's all, you know, gas station drugs, I call them, uh, like Kratom, if you've ever heard of that. No. <clears throat> it's kind of the new, um, it's a plant from Thailand and they started selling it in gas stations and it's touted as like, oh, it's the the natural solution for opiate addiction, and it's this natural plant, and I tried that and got my life off track on that as well. Um, so everything, everything on your end, yeah. There's is. Would you say have you had good experiences with those, but they've led oh, you yeah. to not wanting? I mean, you just want you want it all. Like, yeah. I love okay, drugs. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, because, like, when I talk to people about, like, have you read uh, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind? Uh-uh. Fascinating. Like, I'm I mean, a, he's a... been the food guy. I just saw him lecture last week. Okay. The book came out on paperback. And even that, like, I, I mean, this is a whole, this the church isn't ready for this one. Um, I actually had some of it in our first copy when we landed, and people's like, Craig, you can't even talk about this. Well, it was about food but, addiction? No, he's been the food guy, omnivore versus carnivore. I mean, he's a Harvard lecturer, been okay. on Oprah so many times. He did an 18-month journey with guided guides and intent into the world of psychedelics. Oh, yeah. A Harvard professor. Yeah. So a little bit different than, you know, you or I um, on, like, how he went about it. And then he wrote about it. And so a friend sent me that book in December, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like some of these things he's talking about on these heavier drugs I've experienced with marijuana. And so I was trying to then, you know, Google search after Google search of like, does marijuana do this? And, Oh yeah. It's, um, marijuana is interesting it, cause it's everything. It's a stimulant, a hallucinogen, yeah. a depressant. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting. And that's, that's, that's probably my biggest issue is people treat weed. Like it's just a, a blade of grass like no it's it's a it's a extreme especially the stuff that is cultivated like it's an extremely strong chemical it's not benign um, yeah no it, but so yeah on that that's what i was just wondering on so on his book though he walks you through every drug i mean even that book i don't want to give it to you if you're like that could even be a trigger but like 
he talks about doing it at, I mean, he's 60 years old and he's never mm -hmm. tried these things. And then obviously he is in the proper setting um, with a guide with intent and he does everything, um, you know, from mushrooms all the way to the, to the toad. And he does a really good job of explaining, you know, obviously his trips, but then he gets into, it's a fascinating book. And when I read that and I looked on the Amazon list and it was on like number 30, and I was like, wait a second, we're not even talking about cannabis in the church yet. And here's a book by, you know, like the rest of the world. And I don't, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan or just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of other conversations that I think we're seeing um, things that were once bad being now um, not just good, all good, because, yeah, I'm not ever going to say, oh, here, here this is, but used correctly and with intent. Um so I, so I'd never talked to anybody on, on, on a mushroom trip or on about, I mean, I listen to Mike Tyson now about the toad, but when you hear a Harvard professor talk about it and give you like his take as a 60 year old man, who's not going into abusing this or, um, Tim Ferriss just rolled out his, um, it's called a trip of compassion. And it's a documentary where they use MDMA to treat mm -hmm. PSD mm -hmm. and it's all done in Israel. And they mm -hmm. walk you through the guided therapy sessions I mean, you'll cry. I mean, watching that because it's like, what? I thought these drugs were bad, and and I think that's where I don't know. I mean, well, I, it was before my time in the '60s when we just outlawed all this stuff, and I, I just think yeah. there's there's well, something it, there's something coming that that's yes. not for everybody. But I think it's with marijuana. I mean, we're going to see this with farming. We're going to see. I mean, we're going to see this. You know, I think take over middle of America with just the the, oh, yeah. the farming industry. But Marlboro and then is it's going to be prepping. Yeah, we're going to see it in our pharmacies. We're going to see it in our stores. We're gonna, I mean, I can't go anywhere right now that I don't see CBD. Which part of me now is like, is this even is this placebo? You know, it's like Bed Bath oh, yeah. and Beyond in the back catalog. Oh yes, I think a it's huge. just a way to to sell a lot of things for triple the price. And yes, correct. You know, I didn't know. I mean. We launched on 420, and I didn't. Oh, 420, what that is? And I was at that that grow, and they're like, it's 420 because there's 420 chemical. You know, there's different. There's so much in this plant, and the government just comes and says THC is bad, and the rest now is okay. And he's like, they don't know what they're talking about. TNC is just as powerful, and there's other. You know, I, th I think it's just a misunderstood, you know, it, drug it, it, that has been abused for for years and i think well, I we're gonna say, get we're gonna do better than that well and yeah i mean i'm sorry i keep this is this is so my wheelhouse so i love it um it i think it's it's funny the things you say so so when you say like well now here's this this doctor talking about it it's like it seems like the medical community and all that is is those of us that have been doing this, it's kind of like, well, no shit. Like, you know, we, we, we've been doing this. It's like we, you know, and mess ancient Mesoamerica is like doing the, th has been doing the things that this Harvard scientist is now finally like, Oh, that turns out it is good. It's like, yes, H hallucinogens are going to be, that's, I don't know where I'm at with that. And I, and I was a, that was one of my first loves. Um, the, even the the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Bill W., he tried LSD uh, late in his sobriety, and he 
wanted to add an addendum to the book that said if you're having trouble having a spiritual experience maybe you should try lsd and the rest of the people were like ah, you, you might not you know let's let's hold off on that because this was when lsd was first being run and you know um oh well so that's that's real that's oh, yeah. like oh yeah yeah that, that's... that's real because it, it it is it's incredible um if, i would say i i'll never i'm but for so, you i just can you because i would love to just hear your story so with Cause like Michael Pollan talks about some of these things. He's like, like, I'm not, you're not doing that every day. You know? But then I'm like, you know, Mike Tyson's talking about the toad and he's like, I took it again and again, you know, oh, yeah. and like, and it's like, well, you're Mike Tyson. Like uh, most people just take one hit and he's like, so for you and LSD, it's good. You go, you go back the next day and the next day. And yeah, like, well, and what's interesting about LSD um, is repeated. It's, hallucinogens are are interesting because which is why it's so stupid they're on schedule one they're they're literally built in to be naturally non-addictive because your brain recovers from the hit so quickly that it's it's really diminished effects the tolerance for it is extreme so like it won't even work if you're doing it five days in a row i mean it'll work quote unquote but you're not going to trip the same if you're doing it repeatedly back to back to back so you really have to space it out um but what I what I've found and what you know I've heard all the conspiracies, especially Joe Rogan, which always just makes me so mad. He's like, Christianity started from a mushroom cult. It's like, okay, here's yeah. the thing: I've done mushrooms plenty of times, and not once have I came out and started a religion that stuck around. It just doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's not you know the things you you experience while you're tripping the the beings you interact with the internal ego death that you experience the best way i've heard it called is spiritual pornography it's like if you can if you can get there without those substances i feel like there is more i don't want to say reality to it but it has more gravity like it's more poignant um because eventually and it, it's different, I guess it, it it is different for everyone, because some people will do it once and say, I, I got what I needed from it, that's it. Um, I am naturally curious, you know, have you ever heard the, time, the term psychonaut? Where yeah. people, yeah, like to see just how far inward we can go, where can we go? Um, and eventually, it, 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 just, it seems like a distraction. It's like, it, it seems like you're getting these poignant realizations what the good things it does do is it will shatter so when we grow up we we get this box in our mind of of thoughts and perceptions and it's pretty hard to break that hallucinogens will do a fantastic job of shattering that box and you will look at a lot of things in your life that you have always taken for granted in a vastly different way Right. Yeah. So it's, it's good for that. It's good to kind of reset. And now the science is catching up and showing that it really does kind of replasticize your brain so that it can form new connections. And you can you can literally, you know, it's the re- they figured out that um, dopamine, for, for instance, is really um, 
noted in rewarding you for new experiences, which is why when you get older, you're the old the stereotype of the old cadre who's stuck in his ways and like, I don't want to do anything new. It's because when you're young, if you try something new, your brain rewards you with dopamine. As you get older, the dopamine reserves get smaller and smaller so that you're literally, there's no reason for you to try anything new because your brain's not rewarding it. So okay. things like hallucinogens, MDMA, alter that. They reverse that. So it's it's really, it's a, it's a very good tool for connectivity. You know, a lot of people talk about seeing the veil between the material and the spiritual kind of withdrawn. Um, you know, that's especially with more um, nature-oriented psychedelics like mescaline and mushrooms. It's very much, you know, you see the world breathing and uh being connected the sense of wellness and all that so i would say especially for someone that struggles with that it's a very helpful tool um for the okay, wait can i ask you that so when you yeah, say yeah, yeah. you struggle you struggle but it could be helpful but you can't use it so like the thought of you going in for a guided trip or a guided use of this a one time, you, it just would, you would just, Oh, it's, that's a temptation. I have a lot, especially like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, so I, I, I asked myself and I checked my motives. Am I going in there to find out some new truth for myself or am I just looking to have fun? And if I'm honest, I'm probably just looking to have fun. Like, I think it's taught me everything it's going to teach me. And if I kept doing it at this point, it would be to just get high. I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's an experience, you know, but, but that in my sobriety, that's probably the number one temptation of, of things like, well, maybe I could, it's not addictive. You know, I could do that. You know, I have been, you know, the, th- everything I was just talking about, it's like, I could use that every five or six years, like get a little, yeah reboost um because 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 you tell me so what's the most addictive drug you you've been on that's n- like nicotine <laughs> oh serious oh yeah without okay. a doubt beyond then, that like, um the I mean, one so that, weed, was weed addictive to you for me weed after i so i had um i had a series of uh, beatings and robberies where I got post-traumatic stress disorder. And then I got into amphetamines, methamphetamine specifically. And it seemed like after my PTSD experiences, um, we completely turned on me. And every time, every time I smoked, I would get extremely anxious. Um, my skin would crawl. I would hyper analyze everything. I was hyper vigilant. I was afraid of everyone. I was always extremely paranoid so it does it didn't even even being sober now it doesn't so much appeal to me because of it whatever reason my brain chemistry now it doesn't sit well with okay but i know other people um close friends who you know they they the way they act and the way they say it does form is that it's literally is like one of the most helpful things ever and Okay. In in my mind too, it's like, well, I guess I have to ask myself, is that any different than me taking an SSRI um or somebody taking um you know, is it different than caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, ibuprofen, Advil? Um Yeah. 
it, it is an interesting discussion. I do think weed is different in its spiritual connotation, which even kind of what you're talking about, that it helps you out spiritually. It And I'm kind of working through this, like, in real time. it's I really don't yeah. know where I've, where I've landed on it. I know I've, where I've landed on it for me and for people that identify themselves as actual addicted persons, um, alcoholics. But as far as... I don't know. If I, for sure, if you're going to either drink or smoke weed, I'm going to tell you to smoke weed. Um, I'm a okay. big anti-alcohol guy. But I don't, what are you I don't smoking know. or what are you, what did you hitting right now? Nicotine. Okay. So that, yeah. that's something that you. Yeah, I still, so I still, um, nicotine and caffeine are my, my major vices these days. So, okay. but no, but I haven't had a mood or mind altering drug besides that since September 23rd, 2014. Okay. And would yeah. you say like, so if, if I, so if, is it, I mean, I don't see any judgment and obviously your tone and how you come across. Oh, yeah, and no, carry dude, yourself. Ask, ask away. But, I, but, yeah. But like, yeah. So you're sitting there doing that and it's like, Hey, you just told me that's, out of all these things, that's the most powerful one that you still haven't been able to, you know, change, but you're in sobriety from these other ones. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I had some friends, um, four beers a night at a a music festival, um, compared to me taking a gummy. If, um, and I, I would say I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I didn't, uh, after waiting those long lines, it didn't cost me 40 bucks. I actually liked it was I think there's a bunch of memes online where you're like people with alcohol, people with weed, like totally. just it's a different. Totally. And so I, there's no judgment, but I'm also not that guy that's ever drank. And um, but where I have a struggle with today is that was in California is completely legal. The judgment on like one over another or if you're yeah. actually sitting there going, hey, man, this stuff that I'm doing right now, like is addictive and I wish I could get rid of this where some of these other things have proven themselves to be helpful, but I know I've abused those. And mm-hmm. so is there a, um, is there a difference? You know, I, yeah. Or like for cigarettes, like I don't think anyone's going to actually say, well, there's a helpful benefit of that. But when we look at like the helpful benefits of marijuana used mm-hmm. properly versus like cigarettes or alcohol where I don't know if we can find medical benefits for those things. Um, well, where's that line or where's that like, well, you yeah. do this, but I do that. And and I'm just even wondering for you, like, how do you, when you say cafe, caffeine and nicotine, are you okay with those because they're accepted culturally um, and legal versus, or do you hate both of those addictions as well? So a couple reasons, and I, I, that was always my smart ass pushback too in treatment centers when they're like, you got to be so, I was like, well, what about nicotine? So there's differences in, in the way they act on the brain, right? Okay. Um, I'm not going to take a hit off my vape of nicotine and begin to dissect bullying that happened to me in fifth grade for the next hour and a half and get stuck in my mind and sit on the couch, right? You You know what I mean? Like... Um, the, 
it's it it's not it's it's more a sympathetic nervous system kind of thing. It's just going to make you more alert. There's very little euphoria associated with it. It's more literally like a physically addicting thing. Um, with weed, for me, and, and kind of what we're talking about, especially within Christianity, is 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 the debate of like how much. How much is it acceptable for a Christian to recre- recreationally use chemicals, right? Because the yeah. most the most used drug on the planet is chocolate, cocoa, right? That's a yeah, yeah. psychoactive, mood altering chemical. It's a drug. You know, we we all use drugs. Everyone that that that's another issue entirely. The people are like, oh, it's it's illegal. Yeah, well, like that that argument's kind of moot, right? Like everybody yeah. uses drugs, exercise, whatever you want to do. But it's it's like, what does it do to you? What impacts does it have on your life? Um, what I've never, you know, pawned my PlayStation to get a cup of coffee. I've never uh, broken into a house to get a cheeseburger. You know, there's different yeah. levels of control something can have over your life, I guess, is where I kind of draw the line. Um yeah, and would I like to be free of nicotine? Absolutely. Um, do I think I could? Absolutely. Am I ready to? No. I still it still has benefit for me, right? And I guess it is kind of a, a not a necessary evil, but it's a it's a um, I'm willing to make that um, consent resolution or whatever. I'm having real word trouble today. <laughs> Yeah. Um and I'm on, you know, I'm on an antidepressant too. Um which I struggled with for years too, especially being a Christian, you know, am I changing what God wanted me to be? Like does does God want me to be straight up and just experience this life as it is? Like are is being in an altered state in itself a bad thing? I don't think so. I think it's like um I guess one way I could look at it is addiction could be, you know, as a result of living in a fallen world where I just hit the genetic lottery on that. And for me, I no longer have a right to chemical peace of mind, right? Some people do. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm careful with it because it's something that I think is between you and God or you and whoever you trust to, to work it out because I mean, it seems like for you it's, it's working out, right? Yeah. I would, I would, I think the biggest advice I can give people that don't understand addiction is to just refer them to someone that does and be careful. Like if you get, well, cause that's what I was wondering is like, have you gotten any pushback from people in the addiction world or people or has it just been like well-meaning Christians that still drink alcohol and they're like, you shouldn't smoke weed because it's illegal or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think we don't, the pushback from no, I mean, or even questions, not necessarily. Yeah. I think like talking to somebody like you so much smarter, you have experience talking to a Christian leader that has no experience and they don't, let's be honest, what senior pastor sits in the celebrate recovery room, you know, like 
right. they're playing tennis. You know, they're playing tennis, <laughs> and then they're they're at you know church on Sundays and doing the sermon. And, and I'm not saying well, the tennis was just a joke uh, about one pastor, but um, the uh, um, I mean maybe some of them do. I mean, granted, like Rick Warren, let's let's be honest, like started Celebrate Recovery, you know, in Celebrate Recovery, had his son deal with mental health. Uh, I, I get there's a lot of pastors that that really have a burden and a, and a care and a desire to do that, but they don't have personal experience like you. Totally. And so it's like, hey, let's greet a room. And then that room becomes, you know, another ministry. But it's not the big thing that um, and I think we could learn a lot from people like sitting in those, in the pews. So one of the, the, the pastor that came out against this, I got an email from somebody in his church saying, Hey, it's medicinally legal in Ohio. And even though I'm a recovering addict, I found that this has been helpful in my journey off of some of these other uh, addictive drugs. So he, my pastor doesn't speak for me. And that's mm -hmm. where I go. It's hard to now, I mean, look what the, the government's trying to do is put this all in the same camp. Um, and for a church to say, we need a decision um, we need to make a statement. I mean, we see it with the, the gay and the LGBT issue. Like, we don't know what to say there. Um, and then churches are, I I think, just doing everything wrong on, on a lot of those conversations when we come out with stances and talk before we even know what we're talking about. And I think on this issue, we have less context. Most of our pastors leading churches in America have little reference points with weed. So mm -hmm. the people in their church do, though. And I think this is a helpful conversation because you're like, totally. oh, well, um, and if we could, you know, when I joke about doing pizza and pot, I mean, we've done porn and pancakes for years, but, and do we serve porn at those? No, but would I serve <laughs> pot at a church? No, but like that idea of, can you imagine that at your church? It's like, hey, a conversation with former addict, a, a doctor, a therapist, and um, I don't know, a panel of people that were all probably being made that. up of of people in your church instead of like, like that's where I think the biggest thing for me in the church and what I've learned with triple X church. Um, we love the story when they out of the industry and they're saved and they're done and we can go, let's parade them around the country and Craig's all right, Craig got one, you know, and, and that scorecard yes. mentality. And, um, what happens like some of the best things I've done in the church is when I bring Ron Jeremy, who's still a porn star, to church, not to debate, but just have a conversation. Let me interview Ron about his journey in porn and his journey of faith. And guess what? That story doesn't resolve yet, but there's beautiful parts in it. And that's where I'm like, when people have sat into that, where we're like, we don't have to have a stamp or a, you know, I was at a church once, uh, a guy named Miles McPherson, which I, I mean, great, like great guy. But, like, everybody needs to have an altar call. And, like, he's like, hey, afterwards, let's give Ron a chance to commit his life to Jesus on stage. And that's Ugh. just like, hey, Miles. It's... Like so he's never a... had one before. <laughs> you know, and that's where I was like, to get another selfie and another uh, famous person in your green room of uh, photos. Like, no. Yeah. Like, no. Like, dude, like, you got to trust that, like, I've traveled the world with this guy for 10 years. That, like, there's something there that doesn't just hmm. like, and so I think the messiness of that, like we, and let's pass the microphone away from the senior pastor a few times a year oh, or a man. few times a week and give it to your congregation 
that might know more about these things, um, might be out there in the real world with real people, and you could learn from them instead of us thinking we have to, you know, they have to learn from us. And that's where I struggle. Like I have a, a good friend whose son is gay, and he's been told that if he does the wedding of his son, he can't keep his job as a pastor. So I said to him, that's messy, but you know what would be beautiful is the fact that you and your son still have a great relationship. And I think there's a place for your story in the church mm-hmm. that doesn't say, well, here's what we're saying about gay people. And, and this is what we need to do. Like, no, let's show a father and a son and a loss of a job and a this. And let's just share that. And I think our response would probably be, hey, I think we got to do better on that conversation. And on this we conversation, and it's we today, it could be something else tomorrow. I just think we've got to do better than just what well, we've I- done in the past. Yeah, and I, I've got the next the next thing for you. It's going to be called Holy Heroin, right? And so we're going called what? It's Holy called what? Heroin. <laughs> I went through a list of these. I had a uh, Catholic cocaine, Holy Heroin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've gotten plenty of those. Sorry, I, I yeah. had to take a shot. No, it's it's we no, said. No, I I totally no I I agree. Um, and and I'm I am certainly. And even even in our you know the recovery literature, the the whole thing is like we don't frown on uh, drinking as an institution. Like nor do I. Like I. That's why it's funny. Everyone, the natural, and I, I hate it. I get it. It's 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 polite, but it's uh, even like like we went to um, Top Golf with my my small group, and like somebody bought some beer, and my my pastors in my small group, and he was like, "Is this okay if he's drinking around you?" I'm like, "Yes, please have one for me. Like have seven. I'm gonna you know." We'll get you messed up up in here, um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm. We're not lepers. We don't have to be protected. Um, and just because I can't do something, I'm not going to then say, therefore, you cannot do it. Uh, that that's just me. Um, I think it. W- I think it would be. I think it is cool, and I'm glad you you're super open to having conversations with people that do struggle with that because I am interested to see how all all this plays out. Um, I think it will be, I think the next big thing, especially in Christianity, will probably be mushrooms, Um, you know, especially with Denver. That's the next thing that just got passed legally. Um, I'm sure California won't be far on that. Um, Yeah. I mean, they have, they've had, I mean, you still can do that in um, peyote legally in America with, you know, churches that that's their sacrament. Um, It's still protected under religious law for that. Yeah. which is it's super interesting and and I guess it's you know it is a very interesting time to be uh an American Christian. You yeah. know, there's a lot getting shaken up. Um so what so I guess in, in in closing so what is you know what is Christian Cannabis's goal? What's what's the website about? What what are you actually doing with it? Is it just just like an awareness thing or are you starting Craig Gross brand weed? Are you what do, what are you what you doing with it? I think the first part was like, let's toss the coin and see where this lands. And I think I'm about 65% in favor. Um, you know, about, you know, 20% unsure and, you know, probably 25, whatever. I don't know if that's a hundred. Yeah, um, I can't do math. Yeah. So, so sure. yeah, it's like, um, I think I've seen enough now to know where this is landing. I think, 
it's there's interest and there's this there's a conversation happening and now the hard no's have all been either over legality or mm-hmm. former experiences that are bad mm-hmm. and um but when you don't have that like once again me at 43 i don't have any of that in my past and i'm fully aware and fully have compassion for you know people that have said hey i can never use this and i can never get behind this and that's that's fine today what happens when this is prescribed to your you know from your doctor one day <laughs> uh, you know mm-hmm. you're still going to swear it off because i think that's where you know everything i've 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 read now and, and the meetings that I've taken are of saying, Hey, we're seeing this shift really quickly. Like, oh, yeah. um, and so for me, I, I think it's just, let's start a conversation. It reminds me a lot of triple X church where, Hey, how can we not talk about porn in 2002? Um, and how's the church this far behind? Like I can, we can do better. Mm-hmm. So I think start a conversation. Can we get churches? Um, I think churches are what I learned was churches, are, have been gun shy to talk about it, not because uh, they're scared. They just don't have enough knowledge. And I think that's, uh, there's a friend of mine in Detroit, big church. I said, uh, he was the only person I talked to in a year that had done something as a staff and it got legalized in Michigan. So they had a staff meeting and he said it was like a several hour staff meeting. One, they realized they need to do more, but they were like, we don't know enough yet to even take this to the congregation. And so I think my challenge to the church would be, why do we think as leaders that we're the only ones responsible, you know, to do that? Like, why don't we, like I just said, interact with those in our, in our congregations to, to, to say we can have a, a healthy chat about this um, and we can learn from each other. And I think if we can get that out in the open instead of like, I can't believe your church is talking about that, like, and I'm the guy like that put a 25 foot elephant on top of a church that said confront the elephant in the pew. So I get it. My motive, not my motives, the way I go about things and can bring a conversation that people are not really ready for or wanting to deal with today. Oh, gosh, like I uh, come on, Craig, like I get why this pushes up on people. But mm-hmm. being in California and I. I mean, you see this now with every, you know, so many billboards, it's all around us. And I just get sad for the church that says we're going to miss out on this opportunity to, um, I mean, there's a lot of people listening on Sunday mornings and involved in these churches. And if we have nothing to say on this topic, I think that's a shame. And so ChristianCannabis.com, like, let's start the conversation. Could I build out a, you know, eventually we're working on a, a hub of, of kind of like Triple X Church where it's like, here's information, here's podcasts, here's links to people like you, you know, people that mm-hmm. I've been uh, referred to and talked to that, that have been some of those first excited people to go, hey, I want to talk to you. Like, hey, here's here's a, a solution for somebody that's that has a reco- recovery background mm-hmm. or an addiction background and send them to places like you, like as just a yeah. awareness, I think to, to me. Yeah. And then eventually I do think um, we're working on how do we create some products and there's a path to just a CBD only line that I think would be easier to obviously get embraced by the church. I mean, it's at the pet stores, it's everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's legal. So, but I also am convinced that there is, I think, I don't want to say the real power is in the THC, but I think the combination of the plant as it 
you know, is supposed to be, I, I'm really passionate about that. And I know that's going to come with obviously some legal parameters. And, and so we're having those conversations. I go tomorrow to another um, plant in Northern California and talk to those owners. And I mean, as you can imagine, we got a, a I don't want to say former pastor, but I don't call myself a pastor, you know, like the pastor of pot or porn. Like those are just stupid media things. But right. um, hey, there's a pat, there's a guy that is interested in a Christian brand of this stuff. Like, and yeah. as dumb as that sounds, like I laugh and I joke and we make fun of that even on the site to go. There's no such thing as Christian cannabis, but alien OG and, you know, green crack and tangerine dream. <laughs> like if I told my mom, I get these things here yeah. that look stoner and it's flower. Like, I think there's gotta be a, a safe, um, you know, targeted kind of, uh, products that, that people could go, Oh, I trust this. Like if I put my name on these products, I know it won't do the same thing for everyone because our brains are all made up, but mm-hmm. I, I do, really don't want to put stuff out there to the world that um, is going to hurt people. It's Mm -hmm. the goal and the intention would be to not abuse it, to be of legal age and to work with this plant, not abuse or just get high with this plant. Right. Well, thanks Craig. I really appreciate it, man. Um, Yeah. I hope we get to talk again. Yeah, man. It's a, cool cool what what you got your story i mean i i uh when we get our uh all this stuff going i might call and have a bunch of just questions for you because i I do think um it is interesting and and, you know for me to just hear and and not just the compassion but just when you say your mind just wants more and more like how you can't you can't put that down and that's Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i i think for you to have those boundaries and you to know those have those disciplines it's um yeah man it's this is it's good it's good to have these conversations